All right. Sorry for the little delay there, but the Xbox Two podcast is now live. I'm one of your hosts, Randall Thor 19, and with me, as always, the sleepy. But uh, I'm trying to think of a different adjective to describe you. But either way, intrepid. The 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 sleepy but in- intrepid Jez Corden, who is so excited to be here. What's going on, buddy? All right, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. It's been an amazing week of gaming. Oh, man. I, I finished Spider-Man, and I went right into Laura in uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I have a smile on my face that is just super huge. Cause I'll I played love- a bit of that, so we can talk about that in a bit. Yeah, that's right. Um, man, what what an incredible like week of gaming, man. I it, there's, there's this, I don't know, for a couple months there, I was a little bit down... Uh, there wasn't much to play. I was playing. I was playing PUBG, Jez. And you know what? Oh God, I'm shocked. I, you're shocked, but after playing like Spider Man and playing Tomb Raider and stuff, I just realized PUBG is just a gigantic waste of time. It's a time filler. Rand, Rand, we had this conversation about twenty podcasts ago. I, where I, you I know. Said, you said I'm going to quit PUBG because it's a big waste of time. Here, here we are again. You're I know, so I, but. But it's it's like when a great game comes out that I play, I'm like, and I see it's like, wow, Spider Man's this nice juicy steak, you know. Tomb Raider is this, you know, like mouth watering hamburger, right? And then you look at PUBG, and it's just like a quarter pounder for McDonald's that's like barely heated, you know. Sometimes but you go to it because it's cheap. Man. Yeah. So yeah, that's. No, I, do. I don't know. Like I haven't played PUBG in a little bit. Because I've been playing, I've been playing a whole bunch of different stuff. Spider Man, I've even played Blackout, the other, uh, yeah, the other, the other mode for uh, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, Call of Duty. But how you doing, man? How's how's your week been? You doing you doing good? You know, been all good. It's been busy preparing for Christmas stuff. Been writing a lot of Surface uh, Go stuff this week. Not much game stuff, but uh, it's been pretty chill. You know, chilling. Shout out to Overdone for the super chat already. Thank you so much. He says, what's up, Rand and baby cat and Digimon avatar guy? Smirking emoji. There you go. <laughs> the baby cat Digimon guy. That's right. So um, I drew that. I drew that emoji. It took me 10 seconds. Yeah. So we have a whole bunch of topics we want to get through. We're going to talk about Xbox Scarlet secret sauce. What? Yeah. Uh Jez has some PlayStation 5 leaks, maybe, possibly. I don't know. PlayStation Network leaks. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I just had a, bit of, bit, a couple of bits. Yeah. Of so we're going to talk about our impressions of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which launches tomorrow for everybody. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll, you know, give some, our advice about whether or not it's worth picking up for 60 bucks. I'm going to go in depth on Spider-Man, Spider-Bro, because I finished it. Um, we're also going to debate... The Call of Duty Blackout versus PUBG Battle Royale. Is PUBG screwed, Jez? Is PUBG screwed because the AAA developer has finally come out and done Battle Royale right? Are they fucked? Probably shouldn't have said that, but they might be screwed, Jez. They um, might be. So, yeah, they've got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, if you guys have any comments, you can always uh, post them in the comment box. If you guys want to have a topic read out loud or whatever, there's super chat available. <laughs> um, thank you guys for being here with us, and thank everybody for listening. If you're you know listening to this later on Google, 
uh, Play or iTunes or SoundCloud. We appreciate everybody being here. And uh, let's get into it. So first things first, games play, because it's the most important thing about gaming. Screw the leaks. Screw the Xbox Scarlet games. That's why we're here in the first place, and that's why I like talking about them in the beginning of the show. And Jez isn't going to talk about World of Warcraft anymore. It's done and over with. <laughs> right? Kind of, actually. Um, I've reviewed the game. I reviewed it now. Did you see my review? Um, actually, no, I didn't. I gave it 6 out of 10. 6? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you'd give it a, a 10 out of 10, but uh, hey, shout yeah. out to one of my best friends, Tim Dog, Beastfire. Beastfire, Tim Dog. I love him. He says, please drink, Jez. Love you guys. Best duo. <laughs> Tim Dog is the best. Would you agree with Tim me Dog. on that one, Tim Jez? Dog is a, Tim Dog's a bro. He's a great, great friend. No, I'm, I, Topsy says you want Rand to drink. No, Rand doesn't drink. I haven't had a drink in probably 10 years. You know what? I actually haven't had a drink since I was out with Tim and Jeremy at E3 back in 2016. And I only had, like, what I have. I had a Long Island iced tea, but I had one. I don't drink. Because the last time I got really drunk, I ended up passed out laying in my own puke in my front lawn. But that was back <laughs> when I was, like, 18. So uh, that, that's, that's just a regular Friday in Britain. Yeah. So I, I don't drink. So, um, what do, what do you? That's the smart thing. What do you want to talk about, Jazz? What um, game do you want to talk about? Well, I, as I say, I reviewed World of Warcraft, and you're probably shocked to hear that I gave it such a low score. Do you, want, do you want to know the truth about? I won't go into it in depth because people are probably sick of hearing about it. But World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth, the leveling experience. When I was going off on it last week about how hyped I was for it and how much I was enjoying it, that was the leveling experience, right? But like, I didn't want to review the game until I'd experienced the end game experience which is trash, this expansion. <laughs> so I couldn't, like, even though I enjoyed the leveling experience a lot, and it, they're really, really fun, um, the quests are really good, the story was really good, and all that sort of stuff, the end game is completely broken. Half the systems don't work properly. There's, like, insane time-gating. Like, some of the stuff, like, Alliance players won't even see for, like, three weeks. Um, it's, just, it's just a clusterfuck, man. And if you go on the, if you go on the web subreddit, it's just rage complaining and blizzard just being radio silent so that's the story about for azeroth mm. going with for, the, for the moment but you also played something else i did i played uh shadow of the tomb raider quite a bit mm. not, uh, a few hours not probably not as much as you yet um but, i'd say i'm probably seven hours in i got past uh the first town with actual like people where you can engage in conversation and stuff all right, yeah. So I don't know. Are you are you about where I'm at? Or are you far? Uh, I'm in or... the jungle. I'm in the jungle right now. Jungle. Oh man, does that game look good or what? It is stunning in 4K yeah. on the Xbox One. X. See, I knew it. I knew it. Here, here's where we're gonna differ. Here, you're playing it on high resolution mode. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. You want those? You want those? You want those pixels? You want that resolution? You want it to shine in 4K? What do you think I'm playing it in? I think you're playing in peasant mode. In peasant mode? Excuse me, sir? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I chose high performance mode because I need those I want to see the leaves, man. I, I want to see the leaves. You, see the see, leaves. you can see them pretty well in high performance mode. I want to see blurry leaves. I want to see crisp leaves. I don't Listening know. with with the, you know, little blades of grass in full resolution. I don't want blurred leaves, mate. Well, you could play it on PC and get 4K and 
60 frames. Yeah, that's the dream. That is the dream. Maybe next generation on console, right? Yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, I've been playing it on high performance mode. Uh, There is some stuttering in high dense areas I have noticed. Sometimes I will switch it to 4K because you can can switch it on the fly. Um, But, my God, Mike, the game is gorgeous. I love the the areas you start in the beginning, like the jungle stuff. Um, However, the game's not without its faults. And maybe maybe you'll agree with me here. So I played it about seven hours. It's very, so far, heavily focused on exploration and puzzle solving, right? Which I enjoy. Because it actually kind of, you actually feel like you're you're Tomb Raider. You're the Tomb Raider. You're Laura Croft uncovering secrets in the crypts or going through... I just got. I just got to interrupt you a sec. What is it with Americans calling Lara Croft Laura Croft? I don't know. What is it? Is I, call, I was I was streaming it with Roby the other day, and he kept calling Lara Laura over and over again. I was like, "It's Lara, damn it!" Stop. It's whatever I want it to be, Jez. <laughs> well, I, but the thing, yeah, I, I mean, with regards to the exploration and stuff, um, I did notice that. That it seemed less shootery. Well, that's the thing. Like, I played it for seven hours, and I've I, I've I've killed twenty people. I've barely been in a gunfight. And good, well, okay, yeah, well, right, because it, I agreed with your tweet because you said you love the game, uh, the puzzles and all that stuff are great, looks amazing, but the gunplay is still whack. Which I agree with you. If you the pistol and the shotgun and the the AK, yeah, aim, the aiming's not very good, or at least the gunplay is not. Which is why I always use the bow in these games. Yeah. The bow was why still everyone really... used the bow. That's why everyone was saying, well, I don't use the gun, I use the bow. And I say, yeah, you use the bow because the guns are garbage. The guns <laughs> in Tomb Raider are terrible. They've been terrible in every game. I don't know why they think it's okay to have guns and then just ignore them. I mean, it's almost like the devs forgot that the game actually has guns in it. Like, they're, like all those guys, too. They're just using... They're all just using the... Um, they're all just using the bow as well. Well, right. So, so I guess, you know, this game focusing more on exploration and puzzle solving is a plus because that means less combat, but that does kind of, you do get some weird pacing issues. You know what I mean? Um, where it's like, you're doing so much heavy puzzle solving, trying to figure out the challenge tombs, and then you'll get one short section of like maybe five or six dudes. And then that's it. And then you're back doing that. It's like, I wonder if they thought, like, could we create a game where you didn't really need to have combat or something? But, I mean, I, I'm early on in the game. I'm, like, seven hours. And I've been, like, exploring as much as I possibly can because that's what I like to do in these games. And I'm just wondering if the combat picks up at all or if it kind of stays in this uh, relatively low amount. Um, my buddies who have played it pretty much said that you, <laughs> the game is pretty much, like, 40% puzzle solving, 30% like climbing you know, 10% stealth, 10% shooting, which would be a really big departure from the last two games. But it's strange. Like I actually, like when I was playing it, I remember thinking, like, obviously I haven't played it as, as that much yet. And I, as I tweeted, I'm actually going back to play Rise of the Tomb Raider to finish that off first. Um, Cause I haven't, I haven't finished Rise of the Tomb Raider and I want to play him chronologically. So, um, I've gone back to that, but uh, I did notice even in like the two or three or four hours that I played it, only one gunfight and uh, so far, and I was just like, wow, gunplay is still really bad. Um, the uh, the um, 
stealth seems a, a, a little better, yes. more improved and brutal. Yes. Like, I like the way you can like cling to walls that are covered in vegetation. Yeah. And Laura's a dirty, dirty girl. She is. She gets she mud is. all over all the time. <laughs> yeah, she does. She gets covered in mud and she loves it. But um, I, I actually remember thinking, this feels like the old school Tomb Raiders. And I can barely remember them because I did play the old school, to, old school Tomb Raiders, but I was a wee lad and I rented them from Blockbuster Video. And I didn't complete them because I'd only rented them. But, you know, I did all that stuff like, you know, locking the, the butler in the fridge and the uh, the, the time trial thing at the, in, in the mansion. Like, she got, like, an obstacle course. I think that was Tomb Raider 2, actually, which had the course. Maybe both of them had it. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I remember thinking, like, this is more... It feels more like the old school Tomb Raiders where, where like, <laughs> the most combat you might have experienced in an hour was maybe one wolf or something. Yeah. And the one wolf was deadly. And it could like really mess you up, like you know, like a survival game. It wasn't like a third-person shooter. It wasn't like Gears of War, and that's not personally what I want from. That's not what I want from a Tomb Raider game, personally. Yeah, I mean, as far as the story, I, I couldn't tell you if it was good or bad. So far, I mean, it basically starts out with you, you know, in the very beginning of the game, you steal a knife that starts supposedly the apocalypse, and then you're trying to stop that. Uh, it's got it's a really dark, cool. Man. It it's is. It, it's it's a dark game. It, it, it's dark and 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 Laura seems a little bit a little bit more calm. She doesn't really get too excited like she did in the previous games. Um, she, she uh, uh, you say calm. I say she feels a little bit more sociopathic. I there. Okay, I noticed that in the beginning, but where I'm at, she's totally like calmed down. But in the well, beginning, there's, there's a part in the. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a part where she's in the the airplane, and the guy, the guy Jonah, she's with, is like feeling bad because of the stuff that happened, and she's just like still talking about all the um, all the archaeology, like that's all that matters, and it's just like, damn, Laura's Laura's crazy. She's she's lost it. She's unhinged. She's unhinged. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how we'll see where the story goes, but. Um... Yeah, I can't wait to dig back more into it after the podcast is over. I will be, uh, you know, going and playing more, essentially. I want to get a review out for you guys maybe Saturday or Sunday, depending on how much I can play it. Um, I did want to talk to you about the difficulty options here. Because it's oh, more than just... Cool, yeah, because it's more than just, I want to play it on very hard or hard or normal and easy. There's actual, like, difficulty settings for each part of the game there's a difficulty setting for combat a difficulty setting for exploration and a different difficulty setting for puzzles and that is something that i would hope more games uh adopt in the future what do you think about that i agree i um i'm playing it on like i usually play games on the difficulty above normal not insane but i usually play them on like hard mode just because not because i'm pro but because the opposite i like because i suck and I die more on hard mode. That makes the game last longer. <laughs> so, um, but like with um, with uh, Tomb Raider, it's, it's kind of like you can make it feel a bit more like a survival game because you have to scavenge for health kits and health doesn't regenerate as much and, and stuff like that. And you can sort of tailor it to the game you sort of want to play. I notice more and more games are doing this now. Like, like even some older games like Skyrim and Fallout added um, survival modes later on. So... 
it's cool. Well, that's that's the age we live in, where games get updated, I guess. And yeah, um, because like the, the exploration, if you play it on hard, it doesn't give you those white markings, kind of like the subtle white markings of where to jump or where to go. So it's like you have oh to God, figure it yeah. out more was, for yourself. Um, I was when because I, I was streaming it with Roby on Mixer, and he was playing on normal. And I was playing on hard, so I didn't have any of the survival instinct stuff. So when I got to the jungle, the first jungle part where you have to like, you have to find a bunch of objects to craft uh, a knife or something. I just couldn't find them because there was no there was no quest markers telling me where to go. So I actually had to explore, and it felt more immersive because of it. Um, it was a little boring to watch as a stream because I was just running around a jungle. And no one could, you know, no one could sell what I was doing, but. Um, other than that, it's a it's more immersive way to play. I find. Yeah, like, play play it on hard on the exploration stuff. The combat, I mean, that's how you know if you want to play it on normal or or hard, that's up to you. I am planning on doing two playthroughs because I want to get the uh, completion in the game. I want to get the full thousand because I'm back on Xbox where achievements I do like. We're on PlayStation. I don't give a I don't give an f. You know. So I, I am going to play it eventually on very hard, which, you know, the game only saves at uh, at uh, fire pits, at base camps. So if you die, it's like you could be going back very far. But so far, like, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Although I'm wondering if and when the combat picks up. Um, but that's it. I'm like, I'm only seven hours in. Um and hope, hopefully it gets better. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they, you know, have you done a lot of the challenge tombs? Um, things? I've only done the one so far and it gave me like, it gave me like some boots for some really mm. ugly armor set. Yeah. Like, that's it has armor sets too. You know what? I don't like that. Okay. So they have these crypts and they have these challenge tombs and usually the reward for exploring through the crypt and, and completing whatever platforming thing it has or solving the puzzles is like a new outfit for you to wear. Right. And then the outfit needs to be crafted with animal hides and cloth. But the outfit is usually ugly looking, but it does give you some like extra abilities like, oh, you'll be more silent while walking or you get twice as many uh, resources from, uh, you know, from from plants or whatever. Right. But the thing is, um, like, I find most of the outfits to be ugly looking. My my lord doesn't want to look ugly. Yes. You know what I mean? There are there does seem to be cosmetic outfits you can put on top of that though i think at least i got like because i played the old tomb raider games i mean i could be wrong about this but i played the old tomb raider games and i think it gave me her outfits from the old games Mm -hmm. so because of that i was able to like lay those layer those on top of the stat boosting armor i think i'm not sure yeah Yeah, and the couple of the challenge tombs uh, i've done Three of them, they're they're well done. They they will make you think about how to complete it and stuff. And they do give you like a uh, um, a skill at the end that is automatically unlocked. Like well, I got a, a, a more health regeneration, and uh, I forget what else I got for the other two. But I really enjoy doing that. So it, it definitely seems like if if you played if you played Tomb Raider and you really enjoy the puzzle solving and your exp- exploration more than the combat, then this game is for you. But if you were ones who were like, hey, I want the amazing set pieces and I want combat. And I want to kill people over and over again. Maybe it's not for you or maybe you should wait because it doesn't seem like, at least for right now, there's a lot of combat to be to be had, you know? 
it was risky of them to to go that route, but I don't know. I think if you're a fan of the classic Tomb Raider, you might really enjoy it. And I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Just sort of playing it at my pace, exploring. I've actually been reading the collectibles as well, yeah, like a nerd. Me too. Yep. And um, you know, I like that about Tomb Raider. But I but the, I think the reason I like that is because I hate the combat so much. The gunplay just feels so low tier. You know, the, the kind of shooting I'd expect from an indie dev or something. Yeah, and this is this is what people would say the B team, right? Because Crystal Dynamics was always the one behind these Tomb Raider games, but they're working on the Avengers title, uh, the big Avengers project, which we know nothing about. So this one was actually handled by Eidos Montreal, who made uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided uh, last, I believe. So yeah. there was kind of that, that worry that this was going to be a Mass Effect Andromeda situation. Where instead of the real Bioware making you had a, you had a Bioware B team, and uh, team yeah, we're, we're and look what happened to the franchise. But I don't know. For right now, it definitely doesn't feel like a B team. Um, definitely no. feels like they just kind of focus more on puzzles and exploration than the combat. But I'll give my cinematics look great. I mean, the game looks great on the X. You know, I mean, Jez is playing on the peasant mode. You know, 4K. I'm playing it on real mode, 60 frames. and I just, uh, I just like seeing my leaves, man. I know. I know you like seeing your leaves. But you can still see the leaves at 1080p. I mean, you know, like, I don't have 60 FPS leaves. But then again, I, I was thinking to myself... 4K leaves. Because my buddy Magic said this to me. He's like, why choose... Like He's like, I get 60 frames for something like Forza Horizon, right? Racing game. Uh, you need the smooth inputs, fast reaction times. He's like... But like Tomb Raider? Especially if Tomb Raider doesn't have much combat. Don't you want to get the full graphics instead of the frames? That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, I play 60, I play 60 on Battlefield. I play 60 on a shooter. But on a cinematic action game, I want to see my leaves, man. Give my leaves. Just wants the leaves. All right. So that's our, that's our Tomb Raider discussion. Uh, anything else uh, game you want to play or talk about, Jazz? that you played? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I played, really. I've been playing Overwatch a bit again. <laughs> just to, you know, yeah, Overwatch the game. You were really into Overwatch at one point, weren't you? Yeah, I've got back into it because of this ham, this hamster. I did like a, a hero that's a hamster, and he's really fun to play. Oh man, I'm not, I'm not even going to go into it, but he, he like can turn into a ball, and you can roll around. It's, it's hilarious. Hilarious, huh? It's hilarious, simply put. So I finished Spider Man up, Spider Bro. Spider Bro, yeah, and uh, it's really, it's really, it's really good. And I remember, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Are are you shocked though, Jez? No, no. What? When I told you how good it was and how well it's selling, what was what was your comment to me in DM? You were like, "Why couldn't Sunset Overdrive be that good or something?" <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was thinking that. It's like, why did? I mean, obviously, Spider-Man has a beloved IP attached to it, but it's not just that. It just feels like... The, I mean, I, I haven't played it myself, obviously, because I don't have a PlayStation. But just looking at the videos, it's obvious that it's a better game. The combat looks cooler, more varied, and it, it looks more imaginative and, and all that sort of stuff. And there's, mo- there's money on the, like thrown at this game. This game has a really, really high budget, especially when you compare it to Sunset Overdrive, which is unfortunate because I love Sunset Overdrive and I still hold out hope for a sequel eventually, but, you know... Well, didn't they recently comment on Sunset Overdrive 2 sequel? 
they yeah um, i mean they said they would love to do a podcast with ign yeah they would love to to do one like a full-blown on sequel um Mm. which of course they would it's their ip that they own you know but as a developer doing like because spider-man obviously like it takes a lot from the batman games clearly right combat is very similar um you know the stealth sections are exactly almost the same and i'm really impressed at how insomniac nailed it like their first game their first foray into spider-man and it's almost as good as batman arkham city almost i still think arkham city is like the gold standard when it comes to superhero games but my god did they nail everything else to swinging through the city like what it's like to be Spider-Man in an open world New York City with actual people around you, you know, congratulating you for stopping it. And you got J. Jonah Jameson on the radio, like a crazy Alex Jones, you know, <laughs> tell me why everyone, like, oh, everybody, no, oh, Spider-Man's, he's doing this, right? Like the combat is so fluid, but different from Batman's in the sense that it's, it's not like Batman always kind of was, you were magnetized to each character. You get into a group of like 15 people and you're always kind of within that group just bouncing off one thing to the other but spider-man is a little bit of more open you have more like bigger arenas you have enemies that definitely have more guns uh different types of guns all like because when you when batman got into combat with people with machine guns they would kill him pretty easily but like spider-man since he's so agile and he can be, go up in the air and dodge and do all that stuff you fight a lot more enemies that have pistols and rocket launchers and machine guns so it's it's a little bit more open and spread out which is why like they give you like the the gadget wheel to use to kind of like set up different scenarios instead of being able to use the the gadgets within the free roam of combat um but man does spider-man also really kill people though jazz he he murder he straight up murders everybody in this game dude he does i was oh, gonna my- ask that actually does spider-man kill because i don't oh know. he kills he kills because there will be scenarios where you're on like a a hundred foot building a hundred floors and you are just knocking people off those buildings and he ain't he ain't trying to save them uh oh, wow. I didn't like, know that. A, oh yeah dude he, he murders i mean you can pick up like like uh, bicycle like motorcycles at people and throw them uh at them oh he straight up just murders people in this game which is which is, is fine that, is that true to his comic book version no spider-man doesn't kill people just like batman doesn't kill people even though maybe batman has cat killed people in the past but yeah i don't think he has in the books oh, i don't know who cares i'm not even going to get into the comics which which batman is the real batman which universe is oh god i just i just i remember i was on top of one of the bases <clears throat> doing um one of the 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 base like clear outs or whatever and i was just i was just literally just knocking people off this building you know it's like okay and he, he doesn't web catch them before they're falling but like i guess i, I guess joe jay joma jameson is right spider-man is a murderer <laughs> Either way, i mean that's just a funny thing i mean it's within the game context but i just kind of was like because they 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 like Arkham, the Arkham games made went out of their way to make sure that Batman didn't kill anybody, and here's Spider Man just just murdering folks left and right. But <laughs> shout out to the Ravenflow for the super chat. He says, "Imagine Spider Man Two with Venom and Carnage, right for the PS5." It sounds um, like um, they've left a lot of the uh, the big name villains out of the game, specifically for them to come back and headline later on. 
Like, I'm not that familiar with Spider-Man, but I know people like Carnage, Dr. Octopus, and Venom and stuff. They're like household. Yeah, so I have a few people in chat saying that when they fall off, that Spider-Man will web trip wire them to the buildings. He knocks people off buildings in some places, he sticks to the building, they get webbed to the building. Like, I know sometimes he does that, but a lot of the times he doesn't, which it's not even that big of an issue. Like, I'm not docking at points. I'm just saying it's just funny in a scenario we're on this like 50 story building and I'm just throwing enemies off the side of the building. You know, it's just, it's just funny, but I mean, it, the game's not flawless jazz. Okay. It's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. It suffers from what I call Ubisoft open oh, world Ubisoft design. No, 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 no. Um, Jim Sterling coined a, a term for this. It's, it's called Ubification. Ubification. So, uh, there's the, you know, the map is full of things to do, but most of them aren't really meaningful things. They're kind of just rinse and repeat. Hey, you can go and you can, uh, unlock this tower. Yes. A Ubisoft tower, Jazz. You unlock a tower, which then gives you access to everything that's going on within the district. Yeah. Right. You can chase pigeons. You can do these research stations, uh, where you go through smog to get research tokens. You can create these bases, which are like usually waves of enemies to get base tokens. You can stop random crimes to get crime tokens. And then use all the tokens that you get to upgrade your gear uh, and craft the new suits uh, in the game. It's just, you know, it, that's my biggest complaint with the game, is that, is the, the open world design. It's, it feels uber bloated and not in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of those sorts of open world games anymore. Well, I never was really, to be fair. But like, before it was kind of like, well, okay, not every game does this, but now every game does it, seemingly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that Rage to be like that, um, with its open world. But also, I doubt it because it's gonna have vehicles and stuff like that. But I expect Crackdown will probably have some of that, right? But it's weird because in Crackdown, people like people praise hunting down all the agility orbs and stuff like that yep they sure do which they i sure i do i think i think it's boring hunting tokens in the open world i mean I the swinging in the game and the momentum based like web swinging that that has you do is so good that i actually found myself completing the collectibles and going to do the side missions because i was enjoying uh, getting around New York City so much. Like, they completely mm. nailed that aspect. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of collectibles. You got landmark collectibles where you take a picture of, of, of a building. You have 55 books, book bags spread, spread about for you to find. You have all... Like, there's so many different things. And some of them... It's like you want a little backstory about the collect, about what Spider-Man's been doing. Sure, you you can you get those things. And the other thing... Because with, with this Spider-Man is... He's been Spider-Man for eight years, Jez. Like, there is story and history here. Like, him and MJ, they're broken up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's, no. a, he's already fought Rhino and Electro, and th- these people all exist, and there's like, stories and adventures that already happened, which I actually really appreciate, because I didn't want to sit through another game of like, hey, I just got bit by a spider, and here's my powers. You know what I mean? So yeah. Or another... Like in Batman, where every single new Batman movie has to go over the fact that his parents are dead. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I gave the game a 9 out of 10. Um, because I think it deserves it. Because I thought that the uh, open world design didn't de-tier too much. 
because the swinging was so good. The story's well written, well told, and has some some actual touching moments. Um, and then it was their first go at Spider-Man, and and they they pretty much nailed it. Um, it's very similar to on par with Batman Arkham Asylum. Not as good as Arkham City, but better than Arkham Knight. Um, I loved it, man. And it's just another kind of feather in the cap for Sony. Of yep. just another high quality single player exclusive that is critically acclaimed as an 87 on Metacritic is, but even more so than that, you've seen some of the reports. It sounds like people are buying the game in droves. Like it's the highest selling game in the UK uh, right now for the year, beating out Far Cry 5. It out doubled a uh, God of War number in Japan uh, for the same comparable time frame. We're just waiting on North American numbers now, but. It seems like after Sony, you know, did amazing with God of War and was their fastest selling PlayStation exclusive ever, five months later, here you are with Spider-Man and it's going to even do more than that, you know? They're, they're killing it, man. I, tweet, I tweeted it that um, Sony are pretty much wiping the floor with Microsoft when it comes to exclusives right now. Some people didn't like that, Rand. I, uh, yeah, I mean, some people don't like that, I guess. It's true, though, isn't it? I'm not just being hyperbolic. No, no, it's it def. I mean, I think it's definitely true. It's um, true. I, I guess it depends on what type of games that you enjoy. Like, is Microsoft One point people people were making to me was um, Sony are underserving people who prefer multiplayer games. I do see that argument quite a bit. That where are Sony's exclusive multiplayer and co-op games? Um, usually from the people that. Uh, Xbox fans say that because Microsoft usually deals in exclusive uh, multi-plat or multiplayer uh, co-op games. Mm. Um, is that a valid argument in your opinion? Like, where is Sony's multiplayer games? Do you think that's a, a, an honest criticism of Sony's exclusive output? Or do you think that people are just trying to uh, attack Sony for whatever reason, and that's one area that can attack Sony in? I think um, I think it's smart of Sony to not pursue that market, and I'll tell you why. Is because why compete with Fortnite, Call of Duty, and stuff like that, and why not just try and serve an underserved market? I mean, you literally had you literally had, I think it was yesterday or today, you, a Ubisoft interview where they say um, they say uh, we've made um, Assassin's Creed into an RPG. Because people don't like cinematic linear games anymore, but then we've just had God of War, which did really well. So, like, clearly Sony's serving an underserved market there with the AAA, AAA sort of linearish games there. Um, Microsoft is bringing that too in some ways with with Gears of War, but we get a Gears of War game. The next Gears of War's when next year, at the earliest, um, and that's like one game. So Sony's put out a lot of both third, first party and third party games of that nature, and I don't think um, I don't think they want to tread on Fortnite's toes when it comes to that stuff. And Call of Duty, I mean, the, I don't know. If I had a PlayStation, I wouldn't be thinking, "Man, I wish this had more multiplayer games." Because I, I think most people tend to just stick to one multiplayer game at a time. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that market's pretty pretty saturated. Well, shout out to the Ravenflow for the Super J. It says Microsoft's best multiplayer games were purchased. I would assume he means Halo and Gears, because those were both bought. Maybe even Titanfall. But 
like I, I don't know. I've always viewed Sony's. I've always viewed Sony's um like their uh their move away from multiplayer games because they did do them last gen. They had the Killzone games. They had the Resistance games. They had Mag, um, massive action game. Right, like they had plenty of multiplayer games to play, but they transitioned away from that this gen, even though Uncharted has multiplayer. Um, presumably because they didn't want to, and I, I've had conversations with people that you know insinuated this the same thing to me is that like they wanted they they decided to build a system where like with the PlayStation Four where you you know the the third parties could shine, and that they wanted to refocus their first parties into doing what uh, they do well, which is tell single player exclusive stories and they have the studios to do it. So, and like Jez said, nobody's really making these large single player exclusives anymore, except for really Bethesda. And even Bethesda is starting to be like, you know what? We may want to chase after online. You got fallout 76 coming here soon. Right? So it's a market that is underserved and that Sony's, Feeling very well. I I, I don't know. It, it it's clearly working for them because they are being rewarded with not only uh, huge console sales as they've sold the most generation, but huge sales of their own games. God of War, fastest selling PlayStation exclusive ever, and then you have Spider Man, which looks like it's even out outdo that. But then you still have PlayStation users buying up multiplats as well. So. I don't know. I, I kind of view that whole thing as, um, as I don't know. It, it, to me, it's not really that much of a valid argument. It's like, because then I could come back and say, well, where's Microsoft's big single player exclusive? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there really isn't one. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, I guess it's just business strategy at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> often like I talk, I talk to people at Microsoft about this sometimes, and I'm like, maybe the big single-player action games aren't necessarily good for business. I mean, games like State of Decay and Sea of Thieves, they are double-A games unequivocally, but they all outsold expectations purely because they're multiplayer games and people can persuade their friends to buy them and stuff like that, and you don't really get that same effect to the same extent that you do with a single-player game. So... Um, maybe, and I said, like, maybe it's bad for business to go for a single player game or, or put the risk in if you can't make it as good as God of War. Maybe it's it's bad bad business decision, but at the same time, uh, I feel like they're leaving people like me behind. You know, so yeah, I like I like my multiplayer games, but I don't I don't expect I don't play Microsoft's multiplayer games personally much. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see more content from microsoft that they are that feels underserved right now which is those sort of you know single player action games which is so so abundant on playstation yeah i I mean like like you said gears of war is going to have a single player but it's also going to have multiplayer and co-op some people will say that that's worth more than 60 dollars in spider-man because spider-man is just single player you know halo is going to have single player they do their single player games but they also bundle their single player games with the multiplayer component most of the time. Um, but honestly, I think it's I think it's more to do with how critically received like the games are because you could make you could make a single player game and it could be shit, right? 
and nobody really cares. I mean, even look look at look at all the controversy surrounding Tomb Raider this past week, right? And this is something I wanted to talk about the Metacritic scores and why and people lose their minds over this stuff. So for so Tomb Raider on the PlayStation got a seventy seven, right? Uh, and it's got an eighty three on Xbox and it's got an eighty one on PC. And yet, all like in the review thread on Reset Era, and even some of the people I follow on Twitter, like, well, Tomb Raider sucks. And I, I think to myself, how is a game rated at eighty? Like, if you just take all those reviews and average them out between the systems, so it's about an eighty or whatever. How is a game that is an eighty out of a hundred a bad game and not worth playing? Like, <laughs> there's a there's an old four chan meme where they're like, if anything's below eight point eight, it's a bad game. <laughs> right, and it's like, okay. So the Xbox version of Tomb Raider is an 83. Spider-Man's an 87. It's four points below it. One of them is like considered uh, an amazing game and, uh, and potential game of the year, but then a game that's four points lower is like trash. Yeah. I don't I don't get I, number one, I don't really get I I get the obsession with Metacritic, but I don't like it, right? I understand <clears throat> why people you know, they, they, they sit there and they make review threads and then they're like, oh my God, I've got a 9 out of 10. Okay. Oh, we got an 8 out of 10. Oh, 7 out of 10. Oh, like people like live and breathe for like, oh, is it going to get an 87? Is it going to get an 89? How about a 91? You know, like I, and, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm like Tomb Raider is an 80 and you're telling me that's a bad score, an 8 out of 10. Like has the modern gaming media destroyed your uh, perception of what the review scale should be? It's like, a game's only worth buying if it's 10 to 8 or 10 to 8.5. Anything below that, it's garbage, right? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, there's this sense of like, if the game's not a 90, it's not worth playing. And if you even look on Metacritic, this gen, I, I think I've said this before on this podcast, but I honestly believe reviewers are harsher this gen than they were last gen. That there are games that have come out this gen that would be 90s if they had come out last gen. <clears throat> Do you know why that is? Because most game reviewers are cynical, or most games we're getting now are just sequels and iterations upon games that started last generation? Nope. It's because um, it's the f- social media effect. It's the Facebook effect. It's the like or dislike. Everything has to be all or nothing now. You have to be right or left. You can't be in the middle. You have to be right or left, or else you're evil to someone. So, like... I think what what's hap- what you're seeing is is the effect the YouTube effect the algorithmic effect where like it's more beneficial to take a stark position on a topic than it is to sort of be... ride the middle ride the line like be neutral yeah ride the line or or sort of you know play it safe it's more beneficial to do that from an algorithmic a clickbait point of view and and all that sort of stuff and um. I've seen it myself, you know, and I'm not saying I do this for clicks because I don't need clicks because I've got a salary, but it's kind of like I see this when sometimes I've played a game and I haven't liked it that much and I've given it a a negative score. If most other reviewers have given it a positive score and I've given it a negative one, my review will get way more hits. And I've been like, huh, why is that happening? And it's because people like it's the controversy behind the idea of that. I love that word. How you say that word. I love it. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's the how, how do you say it? Con- controversy? Yeah, yeah, controversy. But you can say it, you can say it all, all, all day with the way you say. Con- how do you say controversy? Con- controversy, like yeah, controversy. 
don't, I don't know where I picked that up from. I don't know. I don't. I don't even think it's an accent thing. I think because you get British people who say it the way you say it too. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think reviewers probably are harsher this gen overall. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a symptom of, like, what I see on YouTube. Like, everything's dead or dying, right? You have those channels that are like, this dead game sucks. This game is about to die. Call of Duty didn't die. It was it was murdered. Sea of Thieves didn't <laughs> just die. It was murdered, right? Or this game sucks and that game sucks. There's really, I don't know, people, maybe they just gravitate more towards negative news than they do to positive nudes. I feel bad. I feel bad in a way, and I don't blame the YouTubers for it. I blame social media platforms like YouTube and, and Facebook that pro- that prioritize things that are simple and easy to digest, like a yes or no answer. They don't like more complicated things. The algorithms don't like more complicated things because it's it's got less ma- mass market appeal, you know. And it's you see this stuff all the time working in this industry, and it's it is annoying. It is. There's literally nothing that can be done about it. I don't know. So, um... I agonize over this, you know. I agonize over this. I I literally... Sorry. Because I'm, like, at least partially responsible for our Xbox coverage. I'm I'm less responsible now than I used to be, but... um, We've actually got a professional in charge now, but... um, I, uh, I do think about, quite often... How can we make better reviews systems, or how how can we like better serve people and not just cater to the? Because the way games are reviewed has barely changed in like ten years or whatever. There's, and I always think like there's got to be a better way, you know. There's got to be a better way that's not just good for consumers and customers, but also for the industry, for developers, and also just just less toxic, you know. So I do I do think about this stuff, and if anyone's got any ideas on how to achieve this. And let me know because like I I say I I said I said like um, I did a poll and it was like should should game sites get rid of game review scores and it was like sixty it was a sixty percent said yes but forty percent said no so like it's still a, a huge amount of people still see the value in review scores right and I even saw people say that say the reason you brought that up was because you're trying to damage control xbox games because they get b- bad review scores <laughs> so that you want review scores to go away so none of the xbox games get a 68 anymore <laughs> why would i give a shit man fuck's sake I, um... no I, I still think there's value in review scores of course i mean look video games are expensive it's 60 bucks that's a lot of money and people, they, they flock to reviewers. Maybe they agree with them. They find a reviewer that mirrors their taste. And it's like, hey, is this game worth playing? Should I wait? And then, you know, someone tell, like basically says, here's my experience with the game. Here's what I recommend. You know, and you have all these different aggregate websites like Metacritic and OpenCritic, Rotten Tomatoes, that will be like, hey, the majority of people think this game is worth playing and worth getting. The majority of people think this game isn't worth your time. So then people will be like, oh, okay. Now, for me... I make up my own mind on stuff. I'll play a game regardless. Like I saw the Tomb Raider scores, but I didn't read any of the reviews. I don't. I don't need to read anybody else's review. Number one, I would have bought in Tomb Raider even if it was a fifty on Metacritic because it was a game that I wanted to play. Right. Um, same thing with Spider Man and same things with God of War. But then again, I'm in a situation where I don't know. Like YouTube. I mean, like because of everybody's support here, watching the videos and stuff. Like I basically buy the video games you know, with, with some extra money I get from making YouTube videos. Um, but, 
I don't know. Like I, I, I understand why why reviewers are needed. And there are there's like a push for them to get people like to get reviewers out of here, like no more. But um I don't know. I, I just the, the obsession with the review scores is something that I don't agree with. Like, oh my god, like this game was a nine, but now it's an eighty nine, now it's no good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh it's an eighty eight now. Out. Yeah, like oh my god, let's give death threats to these these people who, you know, Jeff Gertzman or Jim Sterling who rated this game lower, right? Like yeah, it's the obsession man, with that. That what was um Jim Sterling gave a bad rev- a bad review to some Nintendo game. I can't remember what it was, but his website got like hacked and DDoS. I, I think it was like Zelda or something. Yeah, it was a Zelda game. Like he didn't like a Zelda game. Yeah, those, those Nintendo those Nintendo people, when it comes to reviews, they could be a little fanatical. Like they they you know I think Gertzman gave Breath of the, it wasn't Breath of the Wild. Maybe it was Wind Waker a bad like a seven, and they they went absolutely nuts you know what i mean like um i think there's uh, i don't know like review scores are, are a subjective thing but some people just take everything on it like i mean just just look at how the discussions turn from you know uh, xbox games are shit because they're rated low on metacritic versus like sony's games are the second coming of christ because they're rated high right but these are usually coming from people who haven't played it so it's just like State of Decay 2 is a 67 on Metacritic. It means it's garbage. Have you played it? No. Okay. God of War is amazing. It's a 94. Have you played it? No. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know, man. Um, but moving on, I wanted to get your I wanted to get your opinion on this. And someone just brought it up in chat from me funnies. But Dr. Disrespect had his house shot up twice. Oh my jazz. god. Yeah, I heard about that. That is pretty that scary, is wouldn't you say? Nuts. It's crazy. Like, Absolutely crazy. I don't know, man. Like, I worry... Not like me personally. Like, I don't worry about anybody ever coming up to my house. You know, right? And being like, Rand, you, you, you gave Forza Horizon 5 a bad review. Shoot you, right? But like, <laughs> I don't worry about that, because I don't live in America. Right. Well, you know, that, that, that is part of that. But the the streaming culture where guys like Dr. Disrespect and guys like Shroud and guys like Ninja and guys like Tim the Tatman, like who are basically celebrities because they stream their gameplay. And, and yeah, it's probably relatively easy to find out where they live. But then, like, to have a crazy person drive by your house and, like, shoot up your house when you have a kid and a wife there. Yeah. It's nice. Oh, my God. You're like I'm. I'm just. A, I'm a bachelor. You know. Like I live by myself for the most part. I don't have a girlfriend. You know, ladies out there, if you you know want to <laughs> say hi to Rand, you know my DMs are always open. You know. Um, so <laughs> like Rand's DMs. Yeah. So it's just it's just me. You know. Like I I couldn't imagine like the feeling of helplessness or whatever. Like if it was somebody who like wants to do that, like who, who watches you all the time, but hates what you do so much where he's like, someone's like wants to kill you over it, dude. I don't, it's, it's so, the thing is, up, it's, man. Um, it's not exclusive to gaming. I remember like, I mean, you get this in with all, cele- all types of celebrities, right? Like I remember this, there was this one, there was this one stalker when I was a kid who, who was uh, prominent in the news stalking Bjork. That singer and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just 
the new celebrities. Streamers are like a new type of celebrity. And people say like, oh man, I can't believe this is happening in the gaming community. It's not it's not just the gaming community anymore. It's the entertainment industry. And that's stalkers are just a reality of entertainment industry. Yeah, but I don't know. But then it's but then not- you also hear people say like do you think it was a ruse? Do you think he's doing it on purpose to get more traffic to his channel? Oh and it's like, oh, like, like I understand Dr. Disrespect plays a character, right? On his stream. Um, but man, the way he came off, he was not in character. He was really pissed off. The police said something happened. So I was like, I don't know. But it's just that the right, like, and even, and even, like, cause this even goes a little bit further than that. Like, remember how much shit Ninja got for saying that he didn't want to play with, women streamers because he values his marriage and like people are dissecting what the dude says for a decision he made on his own and it's just like reaching out to psychologists to get their opinion it's like the dude streams video games for a living like number like he shouldn't be a role model to anybody really like your role model should be like your parents or maybe like you know firefighter like he plays video games and yes he's very good at Fortnite. but why are we discussing in length about who and what he chooses to stream with. I, I don't know this, this infatuation, this celebrity celebrification or whatever of like streaming culture is just weird. And you know, I'm not one to say like, Hey, do what you want with your money. But then I'll see guys, very lonely guys who clearly have tons of money and extra time go into what they would call Twitch thoughts channels and just, See a girl who streams Just Dance and a low-cut top and shorts just dancing and just <laughs> throw their money at them. I'm like, hey, I don't judge. It's your money. You can do whatever you want. But streaming culture is really taking on a weird, weird turn. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? The internet is still like, it's still this like organic thing that's evolving and Nobody really understands fully the impact of the internet. I mean, we're getting seriously philosophical for a gaming podcast right now, but nobody really understands the full impact that the internet's had on human society. We're still getting to grips with what it means. Like nothing, nothing is true anymore. You know, nothing is true anymore because you, if you get enough people screaming about it on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, and on Reddit and stuff, then you can make anything true. You know, and it just feels like. Uh, when people are debating things on the internet now, it's less about the facts and more about how can I make my truth the only truth kind of thing now. It's so strange the way all this stuff is going down. And uh, I don't think we've seen the last of weird, weird stuff happening on the internet. No, I, I definitely don't think so. I kind I mean, of feel like, I mean, like uh, the current political landscape like you got Trump and you got Brexit and stuff. That those those things are really like, and you know, stuff in like other countries too, especially some of the developing nations. And all this stuff is internet age ripping up the rule book that we we you know previously obsessed over, and it's affecting the gaming industry too. Like I I asked them. Um, I, t- I talked to people at PR firms and marketing firms for gaming, and I was like, you know, how do you market games in the post-truth age? You know, because like nowadays, you can sort of like you can market a game in such a way where the reviews don't even have to matter so much, or like you know, you can you can get away with manipulating the truth. And I don't know if you've seen this stuff about NBA 2K. 
yeah. the the is it basketball where like they gave reviewers a different version of the game to what went live, mm-hmm. and the, the the live version of the game is actually like this horrific pay to win nightmare. But reviewers didn't see that version of the game. Yeah, because they gave they them all it. all the money, and and even and even okay, that that's a good segue to a topic I did want to discuss was the you Belgium stuff. No, I did oh. the Belgium stuff. How Belgium right, made yeah. it a law that loot boxes are gambling, and and two uh, K they they complied by removing it, right? But they're but two K still encouraging players or, or, or gamers in Belgium to write their government and say we want <laughs> loot boxes back. But then EA was like, "Screw you! Our shit's not gambling. We're not doing it." And like you, I've seen some articles and some videos where like they could potentially face jail time. Is like, is loot boxes that important? I don't know. Companies, companies don't face jail time. They just get a fine. Okay, a fine. But either way, like, don't you think it's it's weird, but kind of really screwed up that you have two K directly addressing their gamers in that country and saying, please, 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 please write to your government officials and say you want these loot boxes because we need them in our game because it's a modern, uh, what they say, it's kind of a, it's a modern necessity in game development. Please, please, please do that. Like The, th- the thing is, right, I think like an, a lot of the time as well, the internet age hasn't just sort of like allowed people to lie with impunity. I think people have gotten more used to lying to themselves with impunity as well. And I often feel like a lot of these game companies, they genuinely believe loot boxes are a good thing. And like when you talk to them about loot boxes, they'll say, oh, we're just giving our customers options they want. And it's their, their interpretation is, yeah, people are buying these. So lots of people want them. That's their interpretation of it. And it's hardly an erroneous interpretation if absolutely nobody was buying loot boxes they wouldn't be in the games so like in their mind they are sort of providing people with options and they can convince themselves that loot boxes are a good thing because of that and i don't think i don't think people at ea wake up every morning and think how can i be evil today (laughs) i think they're just genuinely delusional (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, putting it as nicely as I can. I think they've seriously just lost the plot. Some of them. Yeah, but I just I just find it funny and sad that Two K is like on their hands and knees, begging gamers to write to their politicians, being this like, "We 2K. want." Loop. They're about to make any. They own GTA Online for God's sake. Yes, they do. But you know the thing is, it's 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 like the scene from uh from the Social Network. You know what's better than a million dollars? How about a billion dollars, right? <laughs> it's never enough money for any of these corporations. Yeah. It's like they see and they're like, we made $500 million in loot box earnings last quarter. That's not enough. Let's get a billion for next quarter. And then that's not enough. We need $2 billion, we're right? getting philo- We're getting philosophical again here because the problem with that, Rand, it's just, that's just capitalism, baby. True. <laughs> it's It's True. like... Capitalism demands perpetual growth, which obviously is impossible. But then again, you just mentioned the loot boxes in 2K are designed in such a way and the game's designed in such a way that you kind of need to buy them in order to progress. That even though you just bought a $60 game, 
one of the modes in it is very much just like, hey, you need you need VC, and 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 like the the quest for more money has affected you know the the structure of a single player campaign. You know what I mean? That's my all. That's always been my worry, is that. People buy these loot boxes so much and microtransactions that it starts to impact the single player portion of the thing and they make it harder, they make it more drawn out, they make you grind more, and then it starts affecting my experience. Because, I mean, quite frankly, I don't care about Overwatch loot boxes. I don't care that, oh, you got a skin that I don't have. But then again, I don't care about cosmetics. Someone else may be like, I need to have that and then go bankrupt. Oh, you're buying that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, it was crazy stuff, man. Like I never thought we'd see the day where a publisher would be begging their customers to write to a, can you imagine if, can you imagine if the United States government outlawed loot boxes? Why not? Them? I, I'm just, of course, not going to happen, but I'm just saying, could you imagine the, 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 the fallout? Would all these companies be, be begging us? Please. Would, would EA be sponsoring, and I use sponsoring in quotes, would EA be sponsoring YouTubers to make videos? You know, oh having God. them call to Don't action. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Here's a dirty little secret about YouTube, guys. And I'm a small YouTuber, right? I get emails daily about sponsorship opportunities that these companies will pay me uh, if I do something or say something they like in my videos, I never have. I've never taken a sponsorship opportunity. Yo, where's my sponsorship opportunities, guys? I thought you said you got a sponsorship opportunity. Uh, did I? When? Could have sworn you said you did. I probably have. But I, 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 I get them all the time. My inbox is. I don't full get of them all stuff. the time. And I, you know, my my channel's small. Oh, actually, I did get one recently. Yeah. I got, but I, not for a game. I got one for um. A set of headphones from some no-brand company. Right. So I get all these different types of sponsorships all the time. But can you imagine what somebody like like PewDiePie gets, or Markiplier, or anybody with like a huge gaming channel? Like the like, I I couldn't even imagine the opportunities. But it wouldn't be that far from the truth for you know like EA or Activision to sponsor a video from a YouTuber. And it'd be like, hey, maybe if you feel this way, you want loot boxes, you could go mm. to tell your, you know, like I could just see it happening and they wouldn't even know. I mean, they're supposed to disclose it, but not everybody always does. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a kind of a weird thing, but, um, but yeah, you know, since we were on the topic of 2K, Jez, did you read what the CEO said today? And this okay. is going to tie into Xbox two and PlayStation five. So you didn't read what he had to say. Um, no, he said that streaming and subscriptions won't be game changers. Now we talked about the Xbox two previously, and we talked about how potentially, uh, like the Xbox Scarlet streaming device, if it was priced appropriately, if it had all your games on it, you know, uh, if it was like a hundred bucks that it could essentially disrupt the market because now you have this like mass market device. And if it works well, uh, maybe you can get all these casuals to buy into your system right away, right? Uh, that's always kind of, it was a potential thing that we discussed. Remember, Jez? Yes. So he says he doesn't think so. Um, 
And he also even talked about like crossplay. He says eventually, I think we'll be in a cross-platform world for a lot of titles. Certainly between console and PC, we will. Microsoft is basically already there, so he thinks the walls are coming down, and that streaming is going to accelerate those walls coming down. But he goes on to say, "We're all here for the consumers. If you're going to create rules that don't benefit the consumers, but somehow you think benefits your enterprise, you're mistaken. Consumers will go elsewhere. You have to pay attention to what the consumer wants." Um, he, he talks about how he, he sees streaming happening and it'll happen within one to three years. Um, he thinks it'll increase the total addressable market. He says, naturally it does because you don't need to buy a box in order to play your games. Um, but he goes, uh, as for the subscription model, he says, I don't think the answer is for each company for each title has a subscription business and that's transformative. I'm not even sure the subscription model applies to our business. It certainly doesn't apply to our frontline products. Could it apply to catalog products? Yeah, probably could. Would would it? Sure. Would we participate in businesses like that? Yes. Will we have one of our own? Eh, probably not. But the interesting thing here was that he sees says none of these are game changers. So presumably Xbox Game Pass, uh, whatever PlayStation does in the future, and whatever Xbox Scarlet streaming devices like that. I thought and just thought could potentially be something that helps out. He goes to say that uh, none of it is a game changer. And you want to know why? Because if there's an opportunity to go direct to a consumer, no one can go to direct to a consumer with our products. Only we can. We have the opposite of fungible products in this business. So if we're asleep at the switch, and I certainly hope we don't come across that way, but if we were and all of our competitors go develop direct relationships, as long as, as we keep making titles that are as good as Grand Theft Auto and NBA 2K and others, we'll have a direct relationship like that as well. Worst case scenario, we'll be a few months behind our competitors because we just were too sleepy to do it. So there's no competitive advantage to be gained in distribution when you're in the content business. It does not exist. It's not a meaningless, it's not a meaningful long-term competitive advantage to control distribution of any sort. Therefore, arguing about whether subscription exists or how you take advantage of it, it's all kind of irrelevant because it's going to be or won't be a rising tide that will affect all of us. And if it is, great, wonderful, we'll all be there. And if it isn't, it's not going to change a damn thing. Mm. So, so, I don't know. Like, Here we are, CEO of Take-Two, and... He's already basically said like subscriptions and, 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 and that stuff aren't going to be a game changer for anybody. I think like Microsoft themselves have talked about this and Microsoft has always said, they've always, always said that subscriptions will exist alongside that stuff and be an option for some people. But like, it's like with UWP, they've always said, they've never said UWP will replace Win32. They've never said game stream will replace regular local games. It's just all going to be an option. So like, the thing is, he's answering a question that nobody's asked. Does anyone actually think that they're going to completely do away with that stuff? If they have, um, I've never heard it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there were some people that thought when the Microsoft, well, when the leak started of uh, the, 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 uh, the Switch or the Scarlet console streaming device, that suddenly that was the focus and now they weren't making a traditional console, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, oh, subscriptions would be the way everything would be in the future, even though, like, Microsoft said that wasn't the case. Um, 
And he, I mean, I don't know. He basically says like, it, it's going to help everybody. It's not going to help us. Like, that's what I got out of it. He's like, it, you know, that, and that's kind of way like Microsoft kind of feels right now, especially with Mixer. And, you know, like a rising tide, you know, raises all boats that more people watch Twitch. Uh, and, and just from like a side effect, more people will watch Mixer as well. That because more people are just viewing things, uh, game streaming. That just from just from Microsoft being there with Mixer, more people will discover it. Right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of the whole thing. But um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting because he doesn't think it's going to be that big of a deal, and maybe it won't. Maybe he's right. Maybe Microsoft and, and Sony come out with cheap streaming devices, and nobody wants them. And yeah, I mean, it could be VR all over again. Yeah, you know? and and maybe, and VR, but VR. VR hasn't taken off and changed the way people game, but it still exists as an option, you know. And I feel like that's what streaming devices could be. Until streaming devices are the most convenient option by far, I don't think it's going to have a disruptive effect. I mean, Spotify has had a disruptive effect on music industry, right? But yes. you know, it's, you know, it's weird. Next month. It's had un, it's had some unexpected disruption too. Like next month, there's a consortium meeting in America to discuss upgrading the manufacturing pro, uh, manufacturing process for vinyl records because vinyl records have grown in popularity by fifteen hundred percent in the last ten years. <laughs> so, like, who'd have thought that Spotify would somehow um, precede a revival in vinyl? You know, you wouldn't have expected that. I think there'll always be, I think there will be that market for like people who want to collect things, want, they want the physical version, they want the collect edition and stuff like that. I think that market will always be there. I don't think we're, we're all going to go to a subscription-based model. And I saw something recently that just sort of really slammed this home. There was like, there was this thing going viral on Twitter where um, uh, Apple pulled two movies from someone's library, uh, from their iTunes library. And um, Apple was like, oh, yeah, sorry, those movies are no longer, we no longer have the license to sell those movies. So here's two free rentals on us. So that person lost like a bunch of movies. It, it wasn't like a lot of money, like a few dozen dollars maybe or something. But they lost access to two movies or something. And then Apple's response was to offer them a couple of rentals and rather than a refund. So like, and then Apple says like, if you look at Apple's terms and conditions, they always say like, they're a storefront. They're not selling you the movie. They're selling you permanent access to the movie as long as it's on their storefront. And it's the same, it's the same with digital games, honestly. I mean, I, I have a lot of digital games. And like, the, the good thing about Microsoft is they're, they're, like, they're not in a position where they could get away with just revoking someone's access. They would have to refund you. Because, uh, you know, I don't, like, whereas Apple can get away with treating its customers like crap, and Microsoft can't. So <laughs> I think there's there's at least that, but um, that's the thing. You know, physical is has does things that um, digital doesn't, and physical still has like the lion's share of retail um, eyeballs. Like retail is still really important to distribute your products. You know, it's like people always say, why doesn't Microsoft cut out the middleman and just sell things on the Microsoft store and and just sell Xbox through through its website and stuff. It needs they need to have that stuff in stores because it's advertising, you know. And um, so I agree that I don't basically I agree that I don't think stream is going to be a huge revolution, at least not in the short term. 
But yeah, I, was, I also wonder. Said that, I don't think. Um, no, I mean, I, I, well, well, none of them have really even talked about it. Like Microsoft hasn't even really confirmed it, other than that they're like, "Hey, we're working on console stri- uh, console quality AAA gaming to your phone." You know, uh, it's just kind of like rumors and speculation. But uh, I, like, I don't. Know, I'm not even sure. Like, Wait, what? Like, what did you say there? Like the whole like nobody's obviously talked officially confirmed a streaming box device, right? Oh, Microsoft or Sony. It's it's just leaks and rumors, right? Yeah. But Microsoft has said that they're working on trying to be able to stream console quality games to your phone. Yes. And I'm not even sure anybody even wants that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a bunch of users on the phone, billions and billions of them. But does anybody want to play Rise of Shadow of the Tomb Raider on their phone? I I don't think so. Do you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe there's there's a huge audience of people on the phone that are just like, man, if I could only play Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I would love to well, play dude, it on my phone. The reason, they're looking at games like Fortnite, which are, you know, huge on phone, and games like, actually, more. it's more like this. They're not really looking at the Western markets when it comes to this stuff. They're okay, looking so at Japan and, Eastern markets then. Japan and China, where like mobile gaming is like huge in those countries. And like yes. the, the biggest games there are on phones, not on consoles. Like Tencent's, Tencent's um, I can't remember what it's called now. Like their, their League of Legends MOBA type game is absolutely massive on phones. I can't, remember, I can't even remember what it's called because it's it's, nobody knows about it here. Or at least not, not as many as know about it over there. I think like it could be could have a bigger impact in those markets than it does in the West, but they need to now the ex. Sorry, they need to now the execution because I think as well they're looking at systems like the Switch, and they're thinking like people like this because of the port- portability factor, and I think that is a factor. But a lot of the people I know never undock the thing, and they like it just because it's Nintendo and it has a Nintendo IP on it. Yeah, is that I mean... right? Is that like? Is that inaccurate? I mean, how many people here actually use their Switch regularly, disconnected from the TV? I'm sure there's a lot of people that actually do. But I mean, like... I, but can I, Microsoft emulate that with phones? I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I, I think the Switch appeals to Nintendo users and users who, like, want um, that experience on the go. So... Like I don't think I don't think those users are mobile users. I think there's a clear difference between a mobile user and a Switch user, though. You know what I mean? Just I mean, like the the yeah, console streaming to your like phone is it would be great, but like does is is and maybe you're right. Maybe it's just for specific games. But the, like, I see the idea of like, hey, I can play Shadow of the Tomb Raider on my you know iPhone X. Like, what do I want to? Like, what's preventing me from playing it on my TV? And is there is like the people on mobile phone, and that's a huge market, right? Two billion Androids and whatever the like. Are any of those people going to be interested in doing it? Like that's kind of the thing I, I question. It's like, you know, they they want to clearly go after those people, but does any of those people even want that? You know it's what I mean? Like, um, they're looking at games like Fortnite too, which have been absolutely huge on phone, inexplicably, even though it's got crossplay and stuff. It's I don't know. There is a market, obviously, to be tapped into it. I just the execution needs to be really good. They need to like now the controls and stuff like that because 
I don't know. But people play Fortnite with touch control, so maybe I'm maybe yeah, but, but here's the other thing: Fortnite's free. Shadow of the Tomb Raider and free. Neither uh, is Gears of War Five or any of these other games we're talking about. Like the phone, like yeah, people use the phone because those those they're on your all the time. You need them to text and call people, and the games on there are cheap as hell, right? Like mm-hmm. they're either free with in-app purchases, or they maybe they cost one or two dollars. What now, if maybe, Xbox? What if Xbox streaming pass or whatever they call it? What if that's really cheap too? Like the cost of a premium mobile game per month or something. I don't know, like, but then see, but then you're already setting up barriers to people you want to reach on the phone. A streaming pass. Like, okay, so now you want to stream to your phone, but you're going to have to pay $10 a month? I, I, I don't know. That shit, I, I think that's... I do, what... do, that's, that's always what I expected. I've always expected that it's going to have a separate subscription. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I right? guess that's possible. Oh, no. I always thought it was just going to be more extension of Xbox Play Anywhere. Oh, no, 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 no. You know no. what I mean? Probably no, not. No, 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 no. But if that's it's, the case... That, that is going to have a fee attached to it because stre- streaming a game from your console costs servers, and that is expensive. Well, look, I just I just don't see a scenario where like so Gears Gears of War Five comes out, right? Let's say Gears of War Five is the first game that does that. And you can you can get the PC version at no extra cost because it's Xbox Play Anywhere. But if you want to stream it to your phone, you gotta pay a streaming fee. I, I just can't imagine that working well. Because I can't yeah. imagine the market for people wanting to play Gears of War Five on their phone is a large one. I would imagine it's a very small one because I, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that mobile gamers and console gamers are two separate groups and they like separate things. They like different types of games. The, 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 the demographic that likes gears of war wants to play it on a huge 4k television and wants to be wired and not streaming because they want to play multiplayer. And you know what I mean? Like those aren't mobile gamers. I don't know. I guess we'd have to wait Maybe. and see. And Microsoft's and Sony's approach on all this, right? Um, but uh, did you see that AMD basically confirmed they're working with Microsoft and Sony for next gen consoles, though? Yeah, and Not that sure. they're they're helping them work on Secret Sauce. Secret Sauce. Yeah, they said it in the mm. interview that they're helping them build their Secret Sauce on both their consoles. Like so, what do you what do you think the Secret Sauce is, Jess? Basil? I think it's uh Low end Ryzen chips. <laughs> Low end Ryzen chips. That's the that's the secret sauce, baby. Secret last year, sauce. Last year's PC chips. That's the secret sauce. Nah, I don't know. Um, I'm not like. I mean, P- PC hardware is always ahead, isn't it? Um, they use AMD because the chips are cheaper than Nvidia, and that's just the way it is, and the way it always will be. Is it always the way? I don't it'll... Think... I don't we'll think we can read too much into it right now. No, I mean, I watched the interview and it's really not much there. It's just, it, it makes for a good headline. Xbox Scarlet Secret Sauce. PS5 Secret Sauce. They didn't really I, say I think anything. even we wrote that. Let me have a look. I mean, it, obviously, there's no other information other than, hey, AMD's working with Microsoft and Sony. Big surprise, everybody. You know, like... Shocker! Shocker! Like, AMD's hey, working with them. That. Yeah, so, I don't know what the Secret Lonely Sauce stuff. is. Secret sauce. I, I don't know. I don't know. New CPUs is a secret sauce. That's what that's what these consoles need. They need a brand new CPU. It's what they need. Because mm. these uh these these Jaguars are holding everything back. God, next gen's gonna be so good if they can get rid of these CPUs. But um 
yeah, so the secret sauce stuff, I thought that was kind of, like, I watched the whole 10-minute video, and she literally talked about it for five seconds. Secret sauce. Xbox. And PlayStation. It's like, oh, geez, okay. We got the secret sauce. Just like, remember, remember the secret sauce Xbox was supposed to have this gen? Do you remember that at all? Like, what those... What, oh, like, that rumor. The rumor that Microsoft uh, had, like, a, what, an extra GPU in there or something? Or that, that was my favorite rumor. Or, like, the press of a button, there would suddenly be four more teraflops in the Xbox One. Or remember? That, that was my favorite. Was favorite. it? Well, what, what was the exact rumor? Do you remember? No. Uh, it was, like, it was something like... Uh, I feel really bad for the guy who spread that rumor, actually. Someone had tricked this guy on Twitter into thinking that the Xbox had some sort of extra hardware that required Windows 10 updates to, to work. And they were, they were convinced that after this specific Windows 10 update, the update would take on Xbox, and then suddenly the Xbox would be like way more powerful than PS4, the base Xbox, that is. And obviously it wasn't true. Clearly, you know, I remember being uh, playing Halo with Phil when those rumors came out, and I said that to him. I'm like, "So, what about that extra GPU in, in the system?" And he started laughing. <laughs> like, I don't believe anything you're reading on the internet. He's like, "And why would we put something in there that only could be, you know, activated four years later?" Yeah, you know, it's know? funny. I've heard that there is actually something in the Xbox that they're not using. Huh, just like how we don't use our appendix, 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 appendix. Yeah, apparently the, the wireless card in the Xbox supports Bluetooth, but it's just disabled. Hmm, interesting. Apparently. I don't know how true that is, but. So, hmm. Jez, um, <laughs> Battle Royale, huge, Battle Royale. huge genre. You love PUBG almost as much as I do, right? <laughs> Oh, I forgot. You love Fortnite. You don't. You don't. You don't like Battle Royale, do you? No, not really. I'm too impatient. Yeah, that that can kind of be a killer there. But Call of Duty, uh, they have their beta going on for Blackout, which is their version of Battle Royale, right? Um, it was exclusive to place to PlayStation Four for four days. I I hate the fact that betas are exclusive to companies. I hated it when Microsoft did it. I hate it when Sony does it. Uh, the fact that Fallout 76 has an exclusive beta first on Xbox. I, I hate these things. Like, you really paid for exclusive beta rights? Like, really? Really? God. Um, but okay, so it's been on PlayStation for since the Monday, I believe. It's finally hitting Xbox tomorrow. I actually got a chance to play it. You know me, I'm a PUBG fanatic, even though I said PUBG is basically a uh, a mild quarter pounder for McDonald's. You know, the only reason you play it is because it's it's a time waster and it's, you know, whatever. But, dude, I think PUBG might be in some serious trouble, Jez. Mm. I, I, I honestly think Blackout's going to eat its lunch. Yeah, I don't think Blackout... Blackout might not share a huge amount of crossover with Fortnite because of the tone, but if Blackout's like an optimized version of PUBG... I mean, it pretty <clears> much is. I mean, I always I always laughed at the idea of Call of Duty Battle Royale because Call of Duty is often cut corners on its networking infrastructure. I, I went back and played Call of Duty recently, um, World War II, 
And I just couldn't stand it because it was like I was getting killed before I saw the enemy. And then his kill cam looked completely different to what I saw in my game because of the latency between me and the host. And then I, yeah, maybe I've got a bad internet connection or whatever, but I never experienced that on Battlefield. On Battlefield, what you see is what you get. On Call of Duty, there's this client host lag, which I just hate. Well, and- I think I think they're using dedicated servers for this one. Um, you know, they, they start you out with 80 people. They up that to 88. I do think they need to have more people because while the beginning of the rounds are very fast paced, a lot of action going on. The later circles can be a little bit boring because everybody dies right away. Right. But here's the thing. So it's call of duty. I mean, it's call of duty's gunplay, uh, call, you know, on, on, on in a, a decently sized map. It's not like as big as say PUBG's, but it runs extremely well. I mean, you're talking about 60 frames here, uh, a triple a developer doing battle Royale justice. And kind of going after, you know, PUBG's core deficiencies, which are the gunplay. Like, Call of Duty obviously has nailed gunplay, what, since 2007, 2006, right? Uh, they're the kings of it. Uh, so it's just as good here. But more so than that, it, it runs extremely well. It doesn't have the issues that PUBG has on Xbox. And, you know, it doesn't have the issues that PUBG has on the PC, and I already can see it from the big streamers and everybody being like, this is going to be my next game. And with Call of Duty already you know, on track to sell millions and millions and millions and millions of, of units, as they always does, mm. dude, PUBG might be uh, you know, on the outlook and looking in because it's like, why would I play an inferior version of a mode when I have a superior version right here, and, and meaning Blackout, like Blackout <laughs> is basically PUBG. If PUBG was, is it third done... person? No, it's first person. See, I, I, as much as I rail on Call of Duty for its crappy networking, I really love Call of Duty's gunplay, and I always have. Then you'll you love know, this. Just... You, you'll love this, like because if you love their gunplay, then I mean it's basically Call of Duty, but just Battle Royale, obviously. That's why like, I, I went, I moved to Timefall, because it was like the most Call of Duty feeling game that still had dedicated servers. And I really, really liked Timefall, but everyone sort of moved on from that really quick. I don't know what it is about Timefall that people, that it just doesn't stick. Maybe the Titans? The Titan play was really messy in the new one, I think. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, I I didn't try Blackout purely on the basis that I had no faith in the networking infrastructure. But if you were saying it's good, no, yeah, I mean on PlayStation it worked. I mean you had a couple you know scenarios drop, but I thought it held up well. And you know obviously it comes to Xbox tomorrow, so you can try it for yourself. But if you already <laughs> if you're telling me that you like Call of Duty's gunplay, well, then you're, you're going to like this. I mean you drop in, you pick where you want to go, you open up the doors. You pick up the weapons, and it's basically Call of Duty. You're just play, playing a, like a, a Call of Duty on a big map, and where you have one life. You know, yeah, and that's you, really it, funny, by the way. Hmm. World of Warcraft has a new battleground where you parachute into the map and choose where to go. Right. So, uh, Buddy Boy says that on Twitch right now, PUBG is at twenty thousand viewers, and Blackout's at seventy thousand. Yeah, didn't I saw that that um, for the first time in years, Call of Duty is ahead of. Um, Battlefield on Twitch because usually Battlefield's higher on Twitch than Call of Duty, even though Call of Duty is still more popular. But um, this is the first time that Call of Duty is beating 
like actually doing well now. But we always have to remember that Sea of Thieves was number one too during its better. Right, right. Uh, that's true. Uh, sea of Thieves was number one uh, as well. But the, I mean, Battle Royale is a genre that dominates on Twitch, though. Fortnite and PUBG, and now you have a, a competitor that I think is going. I think I think PUB. I see this is a little bit hyperbolic, but. I, I think PUBG's audience is about to severely get slashed and declined. Like I don't I think Fortnite's fine just because of like the cartooniness of it and who it appeals to, like twelve year olds and it's free on every platform. But honestly, like I look at this and I'm like, dude, PUBG's got some serious problems. Especially when like your your spokespeople, even though they're not official spokespeople, when you have your main dudes like Shroud and Dr. Disrespect and all these guys playing black blackout over PUBG. Like those PC numbers are going to go down, and it's oh, going to continue sure. to plummet. Oh, and get and get this. I've just read. There's no information on the networking infrastructure for the console version, but the the PC version does use dedicated servers, and it's also exclusive to Battle.net. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I'll probably get on PC. And the more the more I think about it, it's like, man, PUBG. Look, and but don't cry for Bluehole. They sold 50 million copies. 55 million, like they sold what, like 9 million players on Xbox, 50 million on PC. They're one of the biggest success stories of this generation, maybe in in all of gaming ever, right? They'll be fine. Don't cry for them. But they've literally had over a year to fix their game, improve their game. On Xbox, they had nine months to, to, they, they knew this day would happen. You know, they knew that eventually these AAA developers and publishers would want a taste of that money. And here you go, Call of Duty coming in. And it's it works great. The gunplay's great. The frame... Oh, God, the frame rate, Jess. The frame rate. <laughs> that it's frame there rate. at 60 frames, right? And then next up, you're going to have Battlefield, who's doing their, was it Firestorm? Uh, presumably next year. And all these, yeah, they don't. I don't think they'll affect Fortnite. But my, like, why would you play PUBG when you have these other ones that are just better, that have better gunplay and better, better network infrastructure? And you know, like, I'll give it a go, man. I'll give it. You've convinced me, Rand. Give play it, play it with Roby. I'm sure. I'm sure Roby played, can um, throw you some Roby's extra. Roby's a Roby's a COD fan. I think. I uh, I actually really enjoyed World War Two, Call of Duty, but it's just that lag, man. I just couldn't get. I just couldn't get over that lag after. When you play Battlefield and Overwatch, which have, which have really good networking, or or at least decent networking, like I just can't play Call of Duty. It's just like, what is this trash lag game? You know, and well, it's it's offensive because Activision is such a huge, rich company, and they they cheap out on their fans by giving them crappy networking infrastructure. There's no reason they have to do that. That's right. But yeah, I mean, I don't. My, <laughs> That was just my first thought playing, and I'm like, oh my god, PUBG's got some, they got some competition. They're, they might be screwed. And even when you think about it, like, you know eventually they want to put PUBG on on, on PlayStation, right? Oh, yeah. Like, is, the, I, I, some people say, like, oh, they made the deal with Microsoft, obviously maybe didn't work out well in hindsight, but I'm not really sure. I actually kind of, I, I think that worked out well for them, because they always said that they didn't have the manpower to make the console versions, right? And that the deal with Microsoft actually allowed them to make the console versions. So there maybe there would be no console versions of PUBG if it wasn't for Microsoft and money. But like I think of like, okay, if you're coming out on PlayStation next year, like like you, you don't really stand a chance anymore. 
Like, mm. yeah, on Xbox, it was fine. Even though there was Fortnite, like that was it. You had Fortnite and you had you, you had PUBG, right? And, and and PUBG benefited from the marketing that Microsoft did. I mean, you could argue, and maybe you agree with this, that last year, PUBG was Xbox's biggest game. Oh, right? yeah. Clearly. It might even be their biggest game this year. Well, no, Forza Horizon 4 will be bigger than that. And PUBG is bigger than Sea of Thieves on Xbox and, and Sea of Thieves. So PUBG, in basically, you know, a year, or, or you know, from all of last year and most of this year, was Xbox's biggest game. Even though it was on PC, it was their biggest game, you know? And it thrived because there wasn't really any competition for it. You had Fortnite, but that was it. But when you go to PlayStation, you have you have uh, you have Fortnite. You have H one Z one. You're gonna have Call of Duty Blackout. You're eventually gonna have Battlefield Five. Like they might be screwed. Like m- people might not even buy the game on PlayStation unless it was fixed. Because I don't know with how bad the Xbox version is. Like yeah, it's it's better, way better than was was when it launched. But there's still some inexcusable frame rate drops in combat and, you know, when you aim down scopes and things like that, like, I don't know if it just launches in the same state it launches in PlayStation. When you have a version that's like basically hundred percent done in call of duty is like, I don't think people are going to be like, yeah, whatever. Like who cares? Like there's only, there's only enough room for so many, you know, versions of battle Royale and sorry, like that, that quote is filled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the battlefields, Battlefields isn't coming out for ages, right? Well, they said it'll it'll come out later. I don't think it's coming out this year, so it'll be coming out next year. That's just another misfire by battle the Battlefield folks. But like, EA is in. Well, I don't know what's going on with EA recently. I mean, they have dropped the ball repeatedly the last couple of years on their major games. They've got like Battlefield with this sort of staggered release where bought parts of the game. Parts of the game that were advertised are coming out later. And then you've got like Star Wars Battlefront 2, which was advertised as being like a service driven game with loads of content updates later on. It's basically dead. If you go if you go into the Battlefront subreddit, my god, I've never seen so so many people clinging to hope that EA is gonna bring more stuff to the game. And like they are supposed to supposedly bringing out a bunch of stuff to the game, but their their content plans for Battlefront 2 went out the window. After after announcement, so like EA seems to have this like staggering inability to follow through with their service driven plans, and I think like when you when you're trying to be that service type type company, your reputation is really important, and I think like you know when like um, Black Ops is on Battle.net and uh, tied to the Blizzard name, which obviously. I think Blizzard is one of the best service-driven game companies in the world. That's sort of like a tall order. And, like, I don't think um, Bluehole has done that well at supporting PUBG post-launch. I mean, yeah, they've added maps and stuff, but it just sounds it sounds like the game's still unoptimized and janky, for lack of a better word. Janky. Anything. Laggy, yeah. janky. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I don't know, I don't know man. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to PUBG when you know Call of Duty Blackout comes out. And I'm really interested in seeing what you think of Blackout uh, if you get a chance to play it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll get it. 
I have a feeling you'll like it. I have a feeling you'll like it a lot because it's kind of quick to get into, and if you die, it's just really quick to get in the next game. See, that's um, that's another thing I really hate about PUBG is like the the slowness of respawning. Because again, I'm impatient, you know. Yeah, I think I, I think you'll enjoy Blackout, and maybe maybe next week when you get on here, you can be like, Rand, I totally agree with you. PUBG has some serious issues, and it'll be and it's Call of Duty. I never thought I'd be this positive on Call of Duty because I don't I don't like the multiplayer, right? At all, I've never really been that much of a fan. I don't really care for Call of Duty's multiplayer, right? And that's maybe like I don't know. Like I, I was more talking about Blackout versus PUBG. Like my personal thoughts on Blackout is like I'm not that big of a fan of it, right? I, I but like I can see that like there like PUBG's got some serious issues because I think most people are going to be like this is a better version of it. I just I mean it's Call of Duty multiplayer. It's just in a battle royale format. So like when I play it, I'm just like, I don't really care. Like it's, you know, it's, it's Call of Duty to me, you know, just on a bigger map. Um, and stuck in the guns you pick up. I, I, I'm just not that big of a fan, but then again, I played it on the PlayStation with the DS4, you know, maybe I need to play it on my Xbox with a Xbox controller, you know, the best controller ever made. <laughs> Speaking right. of Xbox controllers, I've got that new phantom shadow translucent controller have you seen it i have what do you think of it it's it's the best controller they've ever made in terms of looks every every controller is the best controller they ever made right <laughs> well yeah i guess yeah. they've got a lot they got a lot of controllers i feel sorry for people who actually collect those controllers because man they make a lot of controllers they sure but i really like i really like this one i usually like i usually scoff at the idea of having like tons and tons of controllers but this is like by far the coolest controller they've made so far, I think. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, you know, there was, um, I wanted to actually talk about this while we were talking about Spider-Man before, but it totally escaped my mind. And I've seen people throw this around, uh, you know, on Twitter and stuff that if you're Microsoft and you see the success that Spider-Man's done and you go to Marvel and you want to make an exclusive game, what character would you use to make an exclusive game for Xbox? Ooh. 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 That's hard. A Marvel character? Yeah, a Marvel character. Damn. Damn. Like what 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 like what character would you think would would be, you know, that you would want to see in their own video game made by whatever developer Microsoft wants to make it? Just because I, I was thinking about like, eh, you know, Spider-Man's great character, probably the biggest comic book character. Well, definitely the biggest in Marvel, maybe the biggest, you know, ever, you know, like in, in terms of like Batman, Superman stuff. But like clearly Warner Brothers doing their own thing with with, you know, Justice League and Batman. But like, who would you if you could go to Marvel and make a deal? What character would you want? What character would you want to headline your game? Oh, that's hard, man. Marvel characters? I mean, you got Iron Man, you have Black Panther, you got Doctor Strange, you got Captain America, you got Hulk, you got... The first, you know, thing, I thought, the first thing I thought was X-Men. That, yeah, because there, there's a lot of them there. There have been plenty isn't of other X-Men, X-Men isn't games. Lic- yeah, isn't the licensing on X-Men complicated, though? Yeah, like, apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Beyond X-Men and Spider-Man, I'm not a huge fan... Uh, well, I'm not a huge fan of Marvel, but I don't really know that many. I think, like, I want to say Wolverine, but wasn't there a Wolverine game fairly recently that was trash? There was a Wolverine game. Uh, it was actually pretty good. 
uh, came out on the 360, and I just can't. It was actually based on the movie, which surprisingly was actually not not the movie was terrible, but the game. Uh, ex- I forget what it was called, but the game itself was great. Like it actually really right. good. Um, and there's been a Captain America game that came out last gen. There's was an incredible. Uh, you can't you can't do a Captain America game if you want to be global. Okay. Okay. Shout out to the Raven Flow for the super chat. He says most of the Xbox fans don't know Sony owns the Spider-Man license. Um, yeah, I mean, so Sony owned the Spider-Man license for the movies, uh, which is why they had to make the deal with Marvel to get him over to the MCU. Uh, I'm just, I just, I didn't really know how the game license worked. Does Sony own the game license for Spider-Man, or what? What the licensing issues? Uh, for that is, yeah, I mean, just because they own the license for the movie doesn't mean it wouldn't happen on Xbox. There has been Spider-Man games on Xbox. Well, I believe Sony owned the the light. They licensed it out previously because there was always Spider-Man games on Xbox. I, I, I'm just not really sure of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who who did what or whatever. Either way, like Spider-Man's exclusive to the PlayStation. This is like if Microsoft could do something similar because I think it's a cool discussion. Like, what superhero would you want to see? You have like Thor. Even there was a Thor game. There was a Hulk game. There was a Captain America game. Um, you know, there was a. Uh, it's kind of X Men. Like my first, my first thought is X Men, because you can have a whole bunch of different characters. You have already a whole I bunch one, of different villains. Yeah, maybe and Wolverine's one of the more popular ones. But then you start thinking, like, you know, what would be cool? Maybe a Doctor Strange game. You know, with the magic and the mystical. Does it have to be Marvel. I would love a watch a really dark, violent Watchmen game. Hmm. Rorschach, baby. Yeah, that that's fun. Warner Brothers. But yeah, no, this was just this was just a Marvel thing. Like there's Deadpool, but there's already been a Deadpool video game. There's just a lot of a lot of characters that you could choose from to make a really cool game. Like Black Panther, you know, with how popular the Black Panther movie was, maybe you make a Black Panther game, which could be very similar in the vein of Spider Man, maybe not like you know, swinging through the streets, but like definitely like the combat would be, could be similar and you could like run up and down the buildings. Cause you know, you could probably do that and stuff. Captain America. But like you said, do you want that appeal to everywhere in, in the world? Um, Hulk, there was the incredible, uh, the incredible Hulk game on the 360 or the destruction, incredible Hulk destruction. I forget what the name of it, but what, but people love that game. In fact, it was made by the people who made a uh, prototype. Before they made Prototype, I think. Prototype was a weird game. Prototype was a weird game. Proto- yeah, Prototype was a weird game. And you know, there are a lot of similarities. People won't don't want to like talk about this, but proto- there are a lot of similarities between Spider-Man and, and Prototype too. Definitely. <gasps> Definitely. I noticed them when I was playing it. I didn't what about really Rise? Them. What about Rise and Spider-Man? I've heard Rise pretty much inspired all games. Rise inspired every game that that's come to exist since yeah. since it was you know uh, announced and came out in 2013. That is awesome. Where, where's my Rise Two, man? Uh, Why can't it inspire a Rise Two? Yeah, I know, right? Why couldn't Rise inspire? I had always <laughs> heard that Rise Two, Microsoft wanted to do a Rise Two. It's just that cry they haggled on the IP. Like Microsoft yeah. really wanted to do it, but it was like Crytek that was holding it up or whatever. Um, mm. I don't know. Um, so who would you pick? Just just pick a character. Just pick Rorschach just pick a character. from Rorschach. Watchmen. 
Warshak from from Watchmen would be who Jazz would want to be. Um, I need to be a, a wide linear game. Maybe by Remedy. They got ooh, games by Remedy. You Microsoft would tap Remedy to make it. Um, I don't think Microsoft will work with Remedy ever again. But <laughs> oh, maybe maybe it's more accurate. Well, there's Remedy an Alan Wake TV show coming soon. Nothing to do with Microsoft. Though. I know. I know. See. Here's the thing. So I want to say I would want to say X Men because I played X Men games and they could be cool. But I'm going to go with something maybe I haven't played, and that'd be Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is a character that doesn't. I don't know never... what is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. He's like a he's like a magician, dude. He's a warlock. He's a warlock. Can he summon yeah. demons? Uh, probably. That's not. But I'm just yeah, saying, like I all, I don't know. all the other characters, like have had their own games. But like a Doctor Strange game made from like the beginning with like his powers and all that. What about a V for Vendetta game made by one of the Ubisoft open world teams? That's more like classic Assassin's Creed. Stealth. V for Vendetta. Violence. Huh. Hmm. You know, uh, speaking of Ubisoft, did you see that their remastered Assassin's Creed 3? I did see that. And that's I quite liked Assassin's Creed 3, even though, like, it, I think it had the most buggy traversal of all the games. But I actually quite liked the story. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if any of you guys have any questions you want to ask, I figure we answer some questions and then just... I want to hear, um, I want to hear people's, yeah, I want to hear people's suggestions for a Superman, uh, superhero game too. Yeah. So hit us up with some questions. And then we will get out of here uh, as it's pretty late for Jez. Make sure you hit the like button as well. We don't even have 100 likes yet. Oh, snap. I know, right? Slacking on the likes. So, you see the culling just got delisted from the Microsoft Store? I just saw this. Yeah, but they've released a new one. The Culling Origins. The Culling Origins. I wonder if anybody even cares about that game. Oh, look, a Nintendo Direct is going on right now. Hmm. Oh, snap. What are we missing? Uh, they just trademarked Golden Sun, so there's that. New Super Mario Brothers Wii U Deluxe is coming to the Switch, so I guess that's a Wii U game it's coming over to the Switch, because why not? Nobody bought the Wii U and nobody bought those games, so why not bring it to a system that people actually own and buy games for, right? Mm. Luigi's Mansion 3? Did they just announce Luigi's... Uh, I guess they announced Luigi's Mansion 3. Um. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. None of this stuff really does anything for me, though. Uh, let's see here. We got a question. Uh, Fuzzy Belvedere. He wants to see a good Terminator game. Hmm. Ooh, I'd uh, like to see a good Terminator game. Um, indie Robo gamer. Power. Indie gamer wants to know what's your favorite Assassin's Creed. My favorite Assassin's Creed is still Assassin's Creed Two. I still think like that's the best one and they've been chasing its coattails ever since. Yeah, I really like two as well. Although I think my favorite is probably Brotherhood. I really like the I really like the Brotherhood system mechanics. Hmm. And um I I just like the Ex- Ezio trilogy. Um they were all good in their own ways. I think the what was the third one called now? Well, there was Brotherhood what was the third Ezio game called? Where he's uh, old. Revelations. 
Yeah, the, the, like that was a bit weird in some ways, but I, I appreciated the weirdness, like that whole sort of siege system they put in there. It was it was interesting. All right, so uh, Victor Allison wants to know: Do you think Xbox could have three four three I reboot and reimagine the Shadowrun IP in a Destiny like setting? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think three four three will be always making Halo, unfortunately. And if someone else does make Shadowrun, it'll be from a different studio. What do you think, Jez? Never played Shadowrun. Never mm. played it. But I don't. I, I don't know. I I think three four three is just going to be working on Halo. Yeah, three four three will never work on anything but Halo. The whole studio was set up to make Halo. Their DNA is Halo. They'll never make anything other than Halo. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, Face wants to know: Is Uncharted Four and Tomb Raider gunplay similar? Well, Jez wouldn't be able to answer that question because played, he's never I, played. No, no, no. I have played Uncharted 1 and 2. Okay. Um, but I can't remember them. It was a long time ago. So oh, you, you don't... you don't The gunplay? Is the gunplay similar? I mean, they're similar in the sense that they're both third-person shooting. Uh, I still think Uncharted f- gunplay is a little bit better because it has to be. Um... But then again, I haven't really, I haven't really had a chance to use a lot of gunplay in this Tomb Raider right now, so I'm not really sure. The bow and arrow is nice to use, and I get a lot of nice headshots with that. But I, I, I try not to use the guns as much as possible. But then again, I like to stealth through as many things as I can. So, um, let's see. Uh, Will wants to know how about a Marvel fantasy RPG? Doctor Strange, Hercules, Hawkeye, Valkyrie, Crystal. Black Knight and Scarlet Witch traversing Marvel fantasy realms. Hey, mm. RPGs are cool. I can see Jez doesn't really, he's not really into RPGs though. So. <laughs> oh, uh, I just thought of one. An X-Men, X-Men, XCOM game. That's a no-brainer. You could have like, you could choose your different X-Men you want to use that all have different powers, turn-based tactics. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, Face wants to know with the release of Spider-Man, does that put a nail in the coffin for Sunset Overdrive 2? I don't think so. I think think they talk about it a lot and they still bring it up and they still say they want to do it. I still think at some point they probably will do it. Uh, Definitely, obviously not this generation. Maybe next gen. Uh, But Insomniac loves that IP and they're very fond of it. Um, so I don't, I don't think Sunset Overdrive 2 is dead. I think maybe at some point down the road, years from now, uh, they'll bring it back. Question is, who would be publishing it? Would it be self-published? Or would Sony publish it? Microsoft publish it? Nintendo? I don't know. I don't well, know. This the... Is the thing. They own the IP, but does Microsoft own the publishing rights? Because that's, um, that's a deal Microsoft likes. They, I think they do own the publishing rights for it. But I don't know, maybe there's like a time limit on when that expires. Maybe. You know? Nintendo with all these exclusives. Hmm. Everybody's talking about everybody's talking about Xbox Direct, Jez. Xbox Direct? That's new. Nintendo Direct, (laughs) I mean. Nintendo Direct. What are we missing? I don't know. I don't really care about Nintendo. But um they announced the new Super Metroid? No, I don't think so. 
So That's we're gonna we're gonna end the show. Um, so you guys can all go check out the Nintendo Direct. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can stick to the Thursday schedule. As you never know when uh, real life gets in the way. But uh, Jez, uh, what do you got going on for the rest of the rest of the week? It's pretty quiet on the gaming front. I'm all hands on with the Surface Go content at the moment. Uh, most people don't realize that actually. On Windows Central, I actually cover way more than just Xbox. And we're prepping for Christmas right now, which means there's lots of buyer's guides happening right now. You know, because people want to know what to buy people for Christmas. Man. Right. Games-wise, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to review Red Dead Redemption, probably. You should. I don't review games that often anymore, but I enjoyed reviewing Battle for Azeroth. I took a month to review it. I didn't think anyone would read it because it was so late because I wanted to play it properly and thoroughly, but actually it got pretty good traffic. So That's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, hit me up with the DMs about uh, topic ideas for videos, uh, I do field those as I'm always looking for content to make. You know, So if anybody has any ideas, let me know. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you uh, give me a thumbs up. Give me and Jez a liking on the video. Uh, you know, Subscribe to the channel. As I'm almost at 19,000, it'd be great to get to 20,000 pretty soon. As that's, That would be a pretty cool milestone, Jez. Wouldn't you think? 20,000 subs on YouTube. be kind of cool. Um, appreciate everybody uh, with us live today. All the super chats, everybody's commenting is great. Um, you know, If you're watching this later on google or itunes we appreciate you as well hope everybody has a great rest of the day and we'll be back next week with more more chit chat all right later guys have a good one and uh see you next week bye take care everybody